Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. In our last program, we talked about how Santa shares many of God's attributes, even God's incommunicable attributes, attributes that he does not share with anyone else, not even us. He does share with Santa. And uh, we talked about how that is, um, there, there's a lot of overlap between the attributes of Santa and the attributes of God, and how the everything from Santa's omnipresence to his omniscience uh, to his eternality, his immutability, the fact that he is a gift giver, uh, all, and, is, and he's good by his character and his nature. He is intrinsically good. This all puts him in a class of God. It puts him right up there with God, uh, puts him in the same class that God is in, and that is a class that God should be the founding and only member of. Uh, and yet Santa is right in there with him. And so what I want us to do today is take what we talked about yesterday and and take that to its logical conclusion. Uh what we talked about yesterday should be very sobering to all of us who profess Christ as Lord and Savior. Santa diminishes the glory of God by sharing in his glory. And this is where we left off yesterday, and I want to talk about that term glory. Glory is a term that we hear a lot and we use a lot. I think oftentimes, however, we... We hear it without really knowing what it means, and we use it, uh, sometimes use it out of context, use it in ways uh, to, to make it mean something that it really does not mean. So uh, we often speak of like giving glory to God, or we affor- affirm that he is, he is glorious. But what, is, what does that really mean, glory? And uh, I think, unfortunately, the magnan- magnanimity of the term glory uh, eludes us all too often. It just eludes us, and and there is a sense in which it will elude us today as well. And I say it will elude us today because it's really not even possible to give an a full and adequate definition of the glory of God. Uh, so, in a, there is a sense in which, whenever we try to define glory, there's a sense in which we are attempting to define the um, indefinable, if you will, uh, that it's it's really not possible to fully define glory. But let's give it our best shot. The glory of God is inextricably connected to the holiness of God. Okay, well, all right, so just kicking the can down the road a little bit, if the glory of God is connected to the holiness of God, then, then what is meant by holiness? What, what is holiness? Well, we talked about the holiness of God in our series about a year ago on God's attributes. But uh, for a little refresher course, holiness is not simply one attribute among the many other attributes of God. Rather, holiness is the totality, the summation 
of all of God's perfect attributes. God's holiness denotes the incomparable perfection of his divine nature, and his glory is the manifestation or the revelation of his holiness. Okay, I want to say that again, because I know it's maybe a little confusing. Holiness is not one attribute among many others. Rather, holiness is the totality, the summation of all of God's attributes that he has in perfection. And, and holiness is the summation of all of that. And God's holiness denotes the incomparable perfection of the divine nature. And the glory of God is the manifestation of his holiness. The glory of God is the the revelation of his holiness. Glory is, in short, holiness revealed. Does that kind of make sense? Glory is holiness revealed. Jesus Christ is God incarnate, and he reveal excuse me, he reveals to us the fullness of God's holiness. And as the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter one verse three, Christ is the radiance of God's glory, the radiance of his glory. He was God in flesh and now is at the right hand of the Father. While incarnate on earth, Jesus was the revelation of God's glory and is revealed to us today through the Bible, through the scriptures. None of God's attributes can be fully and perfectly manifested in any of the created beings. Okay, It's just not possible. Santa, however, manifests not merely one of God's attributes, but many of his attributes. We have taken many of God's unique, incommunicable attributes and fashioned them into a figure known as Santa Claus. And though fictitious, by encompassing so many of God's attributes, he is a manifestation of sorts of God's holiness. Does that make sense? We have taken God's attributes, many of them, even his incommunicable attributes, we have fashioned them into a figure known as Santa Claus. And by encompassing so many of God's attributes, Santa Claus is a manifestation of God's holiness in effect. In other words, he is a man-made reflection of the glory of God. He is a man-made reflection of the glory of God. Now, at this point, maybe some people will cry foul, and many will object. And people will say, oh, come on. Come on, Justin. Who, seriously, I mean, who thinks of it that deeply? Um, and I've heard this. I have uh, heard this from people uh, quite a bit, actually. And they say, the, the objection is, Justin, there's not a kid on the planet that would ever think such things. And uh, I know of people who uh, profess Christ and they will say, they've told me, well, there's just, there's not a kid on the planet who is ever, would ever think of that. I don't even know of any adults who think of that. And, and, and these are people who, who if, if they don't actually practice Santa Claus, they, they certainly see no problem with it. And they've told me, I don't think of Santa Claus that way. You know, we don't we don't think of Santa Claus that way. We don't we don't think that uh, that's not what we teach. We don't teach that Santa Claus has God's attributes. We don't think Santa is God. But dear friends, that is just the point. Uh, 
most of us, granted, most of us do not think about Santa that way. However, however, our ignorance, willful, willful or not, does not change the fact that that is who he is. Okay, whether or not we think of Santa in those terms does not change the fact that that is who he is. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I know, and I, I, I know that no professing Christian would ever dream of consciously ascribing to Santa the attributes of God. Um, but we can't do that anyway because it's already been done. It's not that we... It's not that we are consciously ascribing to Santa the attributes of God. That has already been done. That It's baked in the cake, if you will. That That's who Santa is. So, no, uh, granted, parents who do Santa with their children, they are not consciously ascribing attributes of God to Santa Claus. They're not doing that consciously. But the reason they're not doing it consciously is because it's already been done. That's just who he is. Does that make sense? It's who he is. It's baked into the cake. Now, um, whether or not we think of Santa as embodying the attributes of God does not change the fact that he does. Okay? It doesn't change the fact that he does. Another one of God's attributes is that of jealousy. Jealousy. Now, this may at first seem contradictory. After all, how could an omnipotent God be jealous of anything his lesser? How could God be jealous and still be righteous and still be good? Um, jealousy oftentimes, more often than not, with us carries a negative connotation. You know, when we see when we hear the word jealousy, we think of something negative, right? That's the first thing that pops in our mind, something bad, something negative. Jealousy's not good. Uh, however, it can be a good thing. Jealousy can be a good thing. Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, any decent husband, upon seeing another man trying to seduce his wife's affections, would become immediately and appropriately jealous, right? Right, guys, if you're listening to this, or ladies, if, if uh, uh, guys, if, if you see another man trying to win over the affections of your wife, would you not become jealous? Of course you would, ladies. If you saw another woman trying to... Trying to uh, seduce your husband or trying to win him over, win his affections, would you not be jealous? Of course you would. I would hope so. Of course we would. So jealousy is not always a bad thing. Jealousy can be a very good thing. Um, don't confuse jealousy with envy. All right, because envy is always bad. All right, there, there's never a good time in which envy is good. Envy is always bad. But jealousy can be good. It can be bad. Depends on what, the context in which it's being um, used or manifested or displayed. But it can be a good thing. And God's jealousy is always good. Always good. So, if God is jealous and that is good, here's here's the next question. Of what is he jealous? Of what or for what is he jealous? God is jealous for himself. He is jealous for himself, his attributes, which comprise his holiness, manifested in his glory. That's what God is jealous of. God says, I am a jealous God. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So God is, he is jealous for his own attributes. He is jealous for himself. 
Now, some people would say, well, that sure seems e- egotistical. Not at all. On contraire. Pride is sinful in humans. Pride is always sinful in humans. And it's a sin, by the way, that none of us can fully um, fully put to death this side of heaven. That's another radio program. I don't want to chase that rabbit too much. Pride is, is sinful in, in humans because we don't deserve honor. God, however, does. He does deserve honor. God is all about himself because he is the creator of all things, and he seeks to defend his honor and his glory. He is consumed with himself. God is consumed with himself, and he wants us to be consumed with himself as well. He is jealous of believers even. Did you know that? God is jealous for us. He is jealous for us because we are his possession. We are his people. God is zealous to protect that which is his own, his people, his name, his word, his honor, and his glory. God is jealous of these things. You've heard of the term zeal, right? Z-E-A-L. The biblical term for zeal is actually the root word for jealous, and zeal denotes an intense heat. That's what the root word for zeal means, an intense heat. The Hebrew root root denotes this. The Hebrew root for jealous, zeal, denotes a, quote, redness in the face that accompanies strong emotion. A redness in the face that accompanies strong emotion. God is jealous of himself. He is jealous of his attributes. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. And then in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, God says, or the Bible says, the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Do you ever come across that verse? The Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. So God, God makes no bones about it. He does not try to hide the fact that he is jealous. His name is jealous. He is a jealous God. And so as to be sure as to not miss the point, God warns Israel against going after other gods. And he says this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. God says to Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 15, he says, For the, for the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. God's not trying to hide it, dear friends. He's not ashamed of this attribute. He's quite proud of this attribute, his jealousy. And he's proud of it in a completely sinless, pure way. Because he is entitled to worship. He is entitled to obedience. Now, granted, people who do Santa in their homes are not consciously going after other gods as God warned Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's not that they're consciously going after other gods, not consciously. However, the truth of the matter remains. God describes himself as jealous, exceedingly jealous. God says in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, Isaiah 42, verse 8, God says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I will not share with another, nor my praise to graven images. Selah. Think upon that. God says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I will not share with another, nor my praise to graven images. Dear friends, don't miss that. Don't miss Isaiah 42, verse 8. God will not share his glory with another. He will not. 
And like it or not, dear one, by sharing so many of the same attributes, God is sharing his holiness and his glory with Santa. There's no other way around it. No other way around it. I completely understand that very, very few people think of it as this at this level. And as I said yesterday, I didn't think of it at this level either until about six years ago. Uh, I have two, and I, I have two degrees from seminary. So, and I say that to my own shame that I did not think of of God in these terms or Santa in these terms um, up until six years ago. And that's even with two seminary degrees. So, whether or not we think of it as this level. However, it does not make one bit of difference as to whether or not it is right. Whether or not we intend Santa to have the attributes of God is irrelevant. He does have the attributes of God. Ultimately, he already does. And it does not really matter, dear ones, what you think about Santa or what I think about Santa. That's really irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you and I think about Santa. What does matter, however, is what God thinks about him. What does God think about Santa? God will give neither his glory nor his praise to another. And by definition, Santa is a graven image that shares God's glory. By definition, he is a graven image that shares God's glory. Now, if we were to if we were to be able to ask God directly, if we were to be able to sit down on the couch and anthropomorphically speaking, see God, be able to ask him a question. Lord, are you okay with Santa? Are you are you okay with us teaching our kids about Santa? What do you think his response would be? How do you think he would respond? Dear friends, I honestly, I cannot imagine any scenario in which God would say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind teaching your kids about this mythical creature who looks an awful lot like I do. I don't mind that. That's okay. I don't mind you teaching your kids that he's real. I don't mind you teaching your kids that he acts in many of the same ways that I act, that he gives good gifts just like I do. That's fine. That's cool. I'm 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 down with that. Uh, no. No, dear friends. There I I can't that is that is incomprehensible to me. We don't even have to wonder about how God would respond. He has already told us more than enough in his word that he's not okay with Santa. He's not down with Santa. He's not cool with it. Exodus chapter 20, verse, verses 4 through 5. This is the second commandment. This is God speaking. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. That's that's God speaking himself. And some will object, object again by saying that we don't worship Santa because he's not real. He's not. He don't, we don't worship Santa because he's not real. Well, neither are the graven images. The graven images are no more real and yet just as real as Santa is. And no, there are no real deities behind graven images. The the graven images that the Israelites created uh, out of wood and stone were were there were, were they real gods? Of course not. They were just blocks of wood and stone. But we can see them. You you fashion a, a quote unquote god out of a piece of wood or or chisel one out of stone. 
You set it up on the table and you say, that's my God. You can see it. We can see it just like we can see Santa in a book, just like we can see Santa on the television, just like we can see Santa sitting in the chair in the mall. And unfortunately, just like we can see parades of Santa Clauses and dancing Santas, even in church programs, even in church programs. Oh, but we don't worship Santa, you say. Well, maybe not directly. You know, you may not be bowing down to him. However, by ascribing to Santa the attributes of God, we are, in fact, ascribing to him worship. And this is a very important point, dear ones. Please don't miss this. By ascribing to Santa or anyone or anything, anything else, any of the attributes of God, we are ascribing to him worship. We are ascribing worship. Oh, I don't worship Santa. Well, yeah, actually, you do. You do. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't worship. Yes, you do. And the reason you do is because when we ascribe to Santa the attributes of God, we are in effect ascribing to Him worship. That we think of it in this way or, or, or not does not negate the truth of it. Truth is truth, regardless of whether or not we believe it. We worship God not primarily because of what he has done, but because of who he is, who he is by his character and his nature. God is worthy of worship because of his attributes, and these same attributes have been given to the fat man in the red suit. All right, dear ones, we will have uh, one more program, I think, uh, at least one more, at least one more, maybe two more on, on Santa Claus. Got some more ground to cover. Probably two more. All right? Okay. Thank you very much for joining me, dear ones. And uh, let me hear from you. My email is justin at justinpeters.org. And we've still got some more ground to cover. I think you'll enjoy the next couple of programs. All right. Let me hear from you, too. Email me and let me know some future, some ideas that you may have for some future radio programs, some things you would like to hear me cover. Uh, let me know what those are. And um, keep those in a file. And, uh, and over the course of the next... Uh, year we will be working our way through those too i I value your input all right thanks dear ones till our next time together may the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you all thank you for listening to didache we hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard if you have a question or comment for justin or interested in more teaching resources or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference you may contact him at justinpeters.org.